We are raw and real mothers sharing our struggles, triumphs, and everything in between. We are all about being authentic and sharing who we are. None of us have it all together. We know how hard motherhood is. We also know how joyful motherhood is. We're here to grow with you. We're here to empower and support each other. As we share our hearts, we become stronger. Our stories bring us together. The mother heart is within every woman. Hi, welcome to the Mother Heart Podcast. Today we're doing our book club um, and our book review of Balanced and Barefoot by Angela Hanscom. You can see the book right here. Hopefully you um, were able to read along with us this month. And if not, that's okay. We're going to be talking a lot about... Um, nature and how great it is to get our kids out in nature and um, what all the benefits are to to being outside and amongst kind of the more wild nature, not just outside, but actually in nature with trees and creeks and stuff. So just to get us started, does anybody have, did anybody have like some really great aha moments when they were reading um, and learning more about the benefits of having um, our children outside uh, in the wild, I guess you could say. Something, oh, go ahead. Uh, something that really stood out to me was um, the, the strength that children develop from being in nature more and the lack that we're seeing from not being exposed to nature as much. That was really encouraging to me in the sense that it made me want to get my kids out more because I've actually seen um, some of my children have struggles with their gross motor and fine motor skills. And I've, you know, brainstormed, how can I help them? I've put them in, um, you know, gymnastics and different things like that to just help them use that kind of strength that you would use in the wild. But for some reason, I didn't think of climbing trees and, you know, climbing ropes or you know, things like that as a solution to their arm strength. And I, I'd have thought of like monkey bars, like everything I was thinking of was more um, kind of man-made and it just dawned on me or I guess more came to the forefront of my mind that if I just expose them to nature more, there's abs like a ton of opportunities for them to develop those strengths in a way that's exciting and joyful and natural for them. That's not being stimulated, simulated or forced upon them, but rather just happening through their own experience and their drive and love for nature and exploration. So that was, yeah. Yeah. And it was fascinating for me to learn about the studies they did where um, they compared children from the 80s with children of today and looked at their strength levels. And um, she was saying like 1 in 12 or 1 in 20, I can't remember what the number was, children today could match the strength levels of those children from the 1980s. And I guess if you've watched history and the time, um, we have so much more technology today and children are more engrossed in looking at screens, whether it be on a computer or a phone or a tablet. And I, I, she was saying that this has, that is a significant factor for why our children are presenting um, more problems in their physical and mental health today. 
I definitely think that's one of the reasons why kids don't go out as much nowadays is because there's so many devices. And also, I think a big shift has been that we've been a lot more, um, you know, you, you've heard the term helicopter mom, right? I think we've become a lot more helicopter moms, if that makes sense. We follow them around. We want to make sure that they're safe and that they're in a clean environment and stuff. Um, and so it's easier to just give them a device, you know, a screen of some sort and let them watch those rather than go outside, especially if we feel like we have to be out there following them around and, and watching them every second. And so one of the things I really liked was just how important it is to give them some more freedom and autonomy um, and not feel like we have to be constantly watching them, constantly um, you know, right behind and following them around that they need to take healthy risks and they need to be, you know, in an environment and, and not have us constantly there supervising every move. Now she, I liked how she backed that up with, however, you know, if you've got a young baby or a toddler that's still learning and growing, like, of course you're not going to put this tiny toddler up high on a swing set or, you know, and just let them play, you know, if they haven't been able to climb up there on their own, like you still want to help those ones, right? The little tinies, but you know, at four or five and six years old, they should be fine on those. Right. And you can give them that autonomy um, and kind of slowly move back. I, I, you know, it seems, I, I mean, I think it's a hard balance, right? Like how much autonomy can they handle? But the other thing, too, was, um, oh, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Can I add? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, Yeah, so I was thinking about playgrounds. Um, so when we do send the kids outside and um, to the playground, she was talking about how playgrounds have become more safe over mm -hmm. the years as well. So the, the playground equipment that we played on in the 80s is different than the stuff that they're playing on now. It's a lot safer, and in a way, because it's safer, there's less risk, and it's less fun. It's less challenging for the kids. So what? she was talking about a few different uh, pieces of equipment, like the merry-go-round. There isn't a merry-go-round. Let's see, how do I put this? They're, they're not making them anymore. They're making things that are similar, but that they're safer. But she was describing some of the the things, uh, muscle groups that, you know, we used to have to strengthen by holding on as tight as we could so that we wouldn't fly off of the thing, you know, mm -hmm. that, you know, the kids aren't being challenged in that way so much. So, yeah, so I took the kids to the playground today and <laughs> just kind of observed you know, to see, is this really true, what she's talking about? You know, I didn't see a, a merry-go-round there. The other piece of equipment she talked about was the seesaw. You don't see an old-fashioned seesaw anymore either. Usually it's equipped with a spring on the bottom, which keeps it from swinging too high or low. And lo and behold, there was one at the playground I took the kids to, and so they played on it for a little while, and then they were done. You know, right. so like after about an hour, the kids were like, I'm bored. And this is one of the cool new playgrounds with the new equipment and everything. And, you know, after just an hour, they're like, well, I'm done. Can we go home? Yeah. yeah. I think children don't feel that challenge any longer. 
Yeah. And you finish the experience. Yeah. Right. That challenge alive. Mm-hmm. Children. And I don't just think it's that experience. Like, yes, the, you know, they're not being challenged, so they lose interest. But as well, their physical boundaries, because they're not being pushed, they're not strengthening those those core muscles. And so it's, it now is more challenging for them to do those things that maybe for us as kids was super easy and second nature and their, their balance is less, um, uh, proficient and their ability to swing on a rope. They have less strength for things like that. So I think, um, just the reality that it's, it's affecting their, their physical well being, mm-hmm. not just. Not but I think, well, I want to add one more thing about the playgrounds that surprised me because you were asking about some aha moments. She was talking about the bright colors and the disorganized way that playgrounds are designed and how, um, like, teachers, when they'd send the kids out to play on the playgrounds at, you know, recess or whatever, like how, um, like how chaotic their behavior was, how kind of just it wasn't organized play what she was talking about and how the the colors were overstimulating and even the design was overstimulating but that in contrast contrast that with sending kids out into nature and how nature has a calming effect it has um it, it helps children to organize their thoughts and behavior in a healthier way i thought that was so interesting yeah i was kind of cool where it's like nature is so great because it stimulates but just the right amount and it also can calm at the same time. And so, and that's kind of the combination that you want. So I thought that was cool. Oh, I remembered my thought from before too was, you know, she was saying that you need to allow the kids to have to risk, to do some risk taking, to get some scrapes and bumps and bruises. And, you know, most kids are not going to get super uh, horrible injuries playing, you know, sure, they'll get some, some, some kids will, but they really don't get that hurt. And are we really that scared of them getting a scraped knee, you know, or a cut mm-hmm. somewhere? And True. so we should stop like trying to overprotect them and allow those them to have it now when it's small and insignificant, then later, not having the strength and the ability uh-huh. to do some of these bigger things like driving cars, you know, if they don't have the, you know, the, um, awareness and stuff from playing out in nature then it's going to be worse when they get older and so right when they're young is the best time to get those bumps and scrapes them how to create their own boundaries and test their boundaries in a healthy way yeah i totally agree i have two kids who each broke a bone playing on playground equipment and i think it was because they were not well one was they were not experienced enough with it and he was kind of a clumsy kid, so it was a trampoline, and he was kind of clumsy because he wasn't super active, physically active. Um, and then the other one was um, he was playing on the monkey bars, and there was a bar missing, and so he fell and broke a bone that way. So isn't that interesting? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't go and sue anybody about that. And, and, and that's one thing that she talks about in the book is one of the reasons why playgrounds have become more safe is because parents have kids who get injured at playgrounds and then they go and sue yeah. because their kid got hurt on the playground equipment. And so. you have to expect when, when they're so. running around, they're going to get some bumps and bruises and maybe even some broken bones. 
and that's just part of growing up and it's okay you know um and and the, on the flip side she did say like when you're giving your kids more autonomy yeah when you're you're allowing your kids to walk to their friend's house or bike down to the store or something you know like tell them okay well this is what we knew need to do at the traffic light this is what happens when you know if you come across a stranger don't go into somebody's house you know like you give them those boundaries and you teach them so that they can be safe especially right. when they're older and they've got a lot more um freedom but then you give them freedom within those boundaries, right? Um, so if you're really worried, you can take a walkie-talkie and let them. And I've done that actually with my son. He'll go down. <laughs> we live on a busy street, and so I don't really like him playing on the sidewalk, riding his bike. And so I let him go down to the nearby church and ride in the parking lot. Um, and so I'm like, well, just take your walkie-talkie and just check in with me every once in a while and let me know where you are, you know. And and so um, so. You know, you could do baby steps, right? If you feel really scared to like allow your kids to have more autonomy, then just make sure you teach them what you expect, how to stay safe, and then just do baby steps to, you know, where you feel comfortable, I guess, too. So um, you're not just like, hey. so I've had a couple. <laughs> yeah. Oh, go ahead. I've had a couple of memories come back as we've been talking about playing on the playground. So do you guys remember when you were little and there's the metal slide and the person goes down first sideways and then everyone stacks up and you see how far you can stack up, up like 10 people on the slide until the last person on the end gets knocked off. Like I've never seen that happen in the park with kids these days. People don't stack up their kids on the slide. They never let it happen. Yeah. Or on the teeter-totter where you are have about five or six or eight people on one side and you're trying to balance it out. And then all the people on the one side jump off and everyone falls. And you know, that's the fun stuff. These kids are missing out. Yeah. Well, even that's what she was saying too. Like at, at school, they were, they're banning everything, right? Like, because they're so worried about getting in trouble because a kid will get hurt. Right. That they're yeah. like, no, you can't climb up this height. She's like, well, really, is that a bad thing for them to climb up the slide? Like, isn't that, Part of the fun of have using a slide is to climb up. Now, sure, if someone's trying to come down, you don't want to be climbing up when they're coming down. Or maybe you do. I don't know. That's part of the fun of it. Like a child instead of like, you know, making all this, these, um, what's the ambiguous, or not ambiguous, but just these arbitrary rules that right. don't necessarily need to be there. So yeah. anyway. So I just had that experience today in the backyard with my dad. We were watching my three little kids um, go up and down the slide. So all of them were trying to climb up and the other ones are trying to go down. And my dad and I were both being helicopter parents. Like, oh, you guys can't do that. You guys can't do that. And I, we both decided, oh, well, we're just going to let them do it. We did it. It's fine. We're alive. We're fine. And so they were laughing their heads off. It they were having the time of their life running into each other, like going, I mean, it was funny. They had a great time. It was fun. So, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about that, too. Like, okay, am I becoming too much like, oh, be careful. Careful. Don't do that. Don't do that. And, I, and I'm like, okay, I got to stop and just let them be. Unless they're really in serious danger. Of course, my toddler, I need to, you know, monitor, right? But um, I liked also how she said, you know, like she said, Playgrounds are great, but they're still so man-made and and so 
she was suggesting even going farther out, trying to find woods and more, um, cause she was saying even with playground equipment, you know, you kind of only use it for one type of thing or if there's like even an outdoor, you know, play kitchen or whatever, it's still um, very limited in their, cre where they can use their creativity, right? And so, you know. It has a specific use. Rather than it being open-ended, where their uh, creativity can come alive, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, she was saying the example was, you know, if you have, like, a little car, a Matchbox car, sure, yeah, you can, like, ride it around and do different things, and you can be somewhat creative with it, but it's still probably just going to be a car all the time, whereas, like, a pine cone or an acorn um, can be lots of different things. It can be your money. It can be your food. It can be you know, lots of uh, uh, different items and, and the kids will be more creative if they have natural like bits and bobs and things loose. What did she call them? Loose items. Mm -hmm. um, and so she suggested to have them go out into nature, climb trees and have like bricks and rocks and, you know, sticks and um, mm -hmm. what else? And, you know, all these uh, little tiny things, too, to build stuff with. So they have loose loose parts to build things with, as well as, you know, the big the stream and the trees to climb and stuff like that. So, Anna Maria, you're so, super good at encouraging this in your children. Oh, anyway, Tanya, yeah. go ahead. I was just thinking the two of you no, really was, are really good at thinking, encouraging this. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, Rachel. I would love to hear from her because yeah. she is so Me good too. at it. Oh, thank you. And, uh, Tanya, and all of you, really. I know all of us love nature, some degree at least. So, Tanya, what were you going to say? Uh, I was going to say, Anna Maria, I'd love to hear what you do. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it really is natural for you, Anna Maria. You have skills in this area to allow your kids to play and everything. Okay. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll go. So, I just feel like... Um, Nature is where my spirit, my essence comes alive. That's where I feel the most me. And so I, I've observed kids from even when I was in grade school, I would observe children who um, were friends of my siblings and they were always on the Nintendo. And I even realized when I was very young that those children were different and didn't know how to connect with people as well as some other children. And um, so anyways, and I never understood why until I was an adult. And then I made the connections of, okay, children need nature so that they can learn about who they are and they need nature so that they can build the confidence and the emotional and, and mental strength and resilience that they need to face the challenges that they will have when they, they grow up. And um, so just as a mother and as um, just a nature lover, I've felt guided, I guess I can say, um, to make sure my children get as much nature as I can give them. And it's not like we're out there for hours and hours every day, but at least a few times a week going somewhere or just even in our yard. Um, I just believe that nature is our great teacher and that nature will teach us what we need to know without a single word being spoken. Um, yeah, I think our creator 
put nature there for that purpose so that things that we can't learn from a book or from another person, we can learn in nature. Um, so just real fast with me, imagine a, so when I was a young mom, I wrote a book called Wild Things, and it's right here. It's called Wild Things, The Art of Nurturing Boys by Stephen James and David Thomas. And that this book opened my mind up to how boys think and what they need. And I just remember learning that you need to allow them to explore and to reach new heights, and they need to feel challenged. And so, um, but um, I guess I just lost my train of thought. But basically, imagine with me that be inside a little boy's mind and he's going down this trail and or it could be a girl too and they see a little hill that goes up and instead of the mother saying oh no no don't go up that hill imagine a mother saying oh that looks fun try it out you know and if that will give the little boy the confidence he needs to move higher um, if we're always helicoptering over our children and wanting to get from point A to Z as soon as we can, we're going to miss out on so many life lessons that life can give to us. Um, so say that little boy then is like, okay, fun. Yes. He automatically tries to climb up that hill and he only gets a third of the way up and slides down. And then he, he realizes, oh, I fell. But for him, he doesn't think, oh, now I'm a failure because I didn't make it up. And so now I'm going to just be depressed all day. Children don't do that. What they do is I made it a third of the way up. Great. I'm going to go up again. And they get up a little higher and then a little higher. And then you have some children like my children. They get up and they fall all the way down, Rachel, right? And they have a big accident. But I was just going to say, we just had this experience. Yeah. Yeah. Just, exactly this experience. Yeah. <laughs> And, but the important thing is for that child is that they made it as far as they wanted to go. And I wasn't there saying, oh, no, stop. It's, I mean, there's times where you need to say it's too dangerous and you need to be that person. But overall, nature can build and give children and our, um, yeah, our children the self-confidence that they need to move one more step further than they otherwise would have. And it's natural. And it, it's a natural challenge. It's not a challenge from a parent saying, hey, try this out. It's a challenge from nature. And because it's not being t they're not being told to do it, but they're being internally guided, that is what gives them strength and resilience. And anyways, so, yeah, nature can teach us so much without a single word. And, and there's just one quote I want to read, and then I'm good. I'm, yep. And this is by Tova Klein, and he um, uh, did a review of this book called Balance of Foot Barefoot that we're talking about. And he said, it's about backing off and giving children the space to do what they naturally do, to explore and figure out the world, to make decisions and use their imagination. Oh, if I can send my kids out into the world, with curiosity, like when they grow up, and this is what I want for my children. I want them to have curiosity, to always learn, to challenge themselves, and to be creative. 
if I could send my children off with those things in their tool belt, I will feel like I've done a good job as a mother. And nature gives that to the ch to our children. Being outdoors allows children to learn about themselves, gain confidence and flexibility, learn to problem solve, and get along with others. These are all traits they need for healthy development. So, yep, there's my little soapbox for y'all. Nature, yay. Well, you're rocking it as a mother then because your boys are really something to observe and watch. They they do exactly what you're saying and it's pretty fun to hang out with them and watch them explore and yeah, we yeah. have set boundaries definitely, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one thing that I've, that I've noticed because my kids, they could watch TV or um, play video games all day long if I let them. And so I had to really think about, okay, how do I want to do this? How do I want to create boundaries so that they'll want to be outside? Because for a while, I was like, okay, we'll just have like an hour a day of media and then we'll send them, I'll send them outside first and then at, you know, four o'clock so that later in the day they can have an hour. But I just noticed that that, that it was like all day long, they were like, is it media time, mom? Is it media time? Can I watch media? And I'm like, no, just go outside and, and play. And they just couldn't get, get over that, you know? And so finally I was like, okay, hey, we're only going to do a little bit of media time on the weekends and that's it, you know? So now you don't have to expect it. You can just go out and play without worrying about it. And that really has helped. Um, and we've actually got, I've, I've made sure we got a big yard and lots of animals and, you know, and it's really wild. So we're doing good there, even though I'm trying to tame it at the moment. Maybe I shouldn't tame it too much. But, um, but yeah, so I think that's been the biggest thing to help them want to be outside. And I think the other thing is like me being outside with them and enjoying nature with them. I think, you know, obviously when we as the parents enjoy nature and go out, then they're going to be more likely. And if we don't enjoy nature, then they're going to resent it. You know, like we can't just push them to do it. Right. It's if it's right. good for them, it's good for us as well. And so um, and I think for both of us, for all of us, the more time you spend out in nature, um, the more you love it and the more you find to do and the more creative you become. And so, you know, like you were saying, Shirley, your kids were kind of done at the playground after half hour to an hour, right? <clears throat> and I think, you know, that's kind of a struggle, right? When kids aren't out as much, then they, they have a harder time being out there and figuring out what to do. So, but I think... Um, the more time you spend out there, the more creative they become and the more they enjoy it. And, and especially when you're out there enjoying it with them um, or you're even just allowing them to do whatever they want. I, I loved how they were saying um, there was a school in New Zealand, I think where they said they got rid of all the rules at, during recess at the, um, and the, on the playground and on outside when they had recess. And it actually had, they had less bullying and less people pushing boundaries because they had, they could, they could do things. They could be rough. They could, you know, explore and they didn't have so many rules of what not to do that it actually helped the kids enjoy their time out there more. So anyway, sorry, Kylie, what were you going to say? That's really cool. Oh, was I going to say something? I was I probably so. just like agreeing completely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I wanted to add the whole friend aspect, and she talks about that a lot in the book, too, is, like, if you can get your kids to get with some friends, their playtime outside will most likely increase, and their creativity will increase, too, and I'm like, yeah, like, that works for me, too, as an adult. <laughs> when I get together with my friends, I feel like there's this synergy, and we come up with so many cool things to share and ideas to maybe put into reality, so. I feel like exposure to the wild nature, it's kind of like a blossoming of a, of a flower. Because when you, or for me at least, when, and I, I think probably a lot of people can relate, when I first start going into nature, it's kind of like this hazy, almost unfamiliar, like I've been away from it. Like, and that, especially for me when winter ends, because I kind of tend to hibernate a little more. And it's like kind of waking up to nature again. And at first, I'm like, uh, do I really want to hike, you know, to get to this spot? Or at first, I'm thinking about the physical exertion or maybe the hunger or the thirst. But then the more time I spend, and my children as well, the more time we spend in nature, the more we blossom and we begin to appreciate all of the little details, all of those things in nature. And that's when, just like you were saying, Janessa and Anna Maria, I feel like we've touched on this a lot. That's when my creativity and my, I see my kids' creativity bloom, and it just, you know, continues. The more we're in nature, the more I see them, you know, building and creating things and, and being innovative with water and with the twigs and sticks or finding new creatures and catching snakes, and um, it just kind of continues to develop and, and blossom until, until we could spend all day in nature and, and not need to go home because we're just loving our experience so much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I, I like think it creates a lot of, oh, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I was just thinking when Kylie was talking that it creates opportunities to connect and communicate, like natural flowing opportunities, not forced, like you just are right there with your kids being able to connect with them, connect with the earth and talk about things you don't normally talk about, mm -hmm. you know, insects or whatever it is, the, clouds they see in the sky I don't know just a great opportunity yes. to talk with your kids yeah and just sure. among kids and peers we're talking about relationships I definitely have noticed more collaboration happening when I I homeschool and um I attend a wild and free group and the kids you know we hike we hike to a certain destination and then the kids play in the nature um, for a while and they explore and I see a lot of collaboration and building a dam together or climbing a tree or making some kind of plot or creative storyline and there, there just seems to be a lot more engagement whereas if you're at a playground the slide is your engagement or the you know the monkey bars you're trying to climb across and yeah of course there's still you know the kids creating but I just feel like in nature because it's so open-ended, the opportunities for their creativity and growth are limitless. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I think the peer thing is, is huge too. Cause so um, my neighbors, there's uh, two kids that are about the same age as my kids. Um, I've got an eight year old, a six year old and a four year old um, and an 18 month old. And they all love to play outside. And especially when the neighbors who um, I think, the boy is seven and the girl is five and so they'll come over and they'll play for hours like lately they've been playing all day long out of the yard 
we've kind of adopted them um, as part of the family, you know, during the whole coronavirus thing. I'm like, they're part of the family, so it, it doesn't count the social distancing. <laughs> we had to make, you know, exceptions in some places. But anyway, but they've just been enjoying it. And even actually during the coronavirus, I thought it was really cute. So my son and his friend, um, they were really creative and being able to play together without playing together, like trying to do the social distancing. So they tried at first to like throw balls over the fence back and forth to each other. And I had to explain, well, that doesn't work because you're touching the same thing. <laughs> so he can't do that. And they're like, oh, well, maybe we can play Pokemon cards. And so they found this spot between the yard. There was no fence between it that they could sit, you know, six feet away and they'd play Pokemon cards together, you know, and uh, interact without touching and being too close. The other thing that they would do is ride their bikes. They're like, as long as we stay like six feet apart, then we can just ride bikes, you know? Uh, and so it was just really cute how creative they could get when, you know, times were tough. And so uh, I think having friends around definitely helps. And my and my girls, they'll, I'll, uh, with their the little neighbor girl, they'll sit and play Barbies with all their little tiny bits and pieces all over the yard. Makes it a really nightmare to try and mow the the lawn, but they love to take all their Barbies and little things out and play and set things up and use whatever bits and pieces they can find to create their little uh, you know homes and stuff. And so, yeah, just getting them out and playing with each other, and they've learned a lot about friendship and you know, how to interact with each other and entertaining themselves and being creative. So it's, it's been fun to just even have them back there. Right. So. You don't have to go far. You can just go outside. Um, but one thing that has been a positive since the coronavirus and pandemic and everything is like, I've developed, developed a habit of going out for evening walks and, and I live in a town like, but I have seen on my evening outings, I've seen owls, I've seen bats, yeah. and the other night I was walking with my teenagers, and we saw a fox run across the road into the horse pasture, and I was like, what? I didn't even wow. know foxes lived around here. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, and then one day we, I was on a date with my husband at the park, and there was a woodpecker. And it landed on one tree, and then it hopped from the next tree to the next tree to the next tree all the way around, kind of methodically. And I was like, I didn't know woodpeckers did that. That's so cool. You know, so just being, just getting outside, you will see so many things and learn so many things. Yeah, yeah. And she has some great ideas in the book of ways that you can get out. And even, you know, she says, if you can't get out in nature, if it's cold and stuff, then sure, you can do indoor gyms and stuff like that. Um and those also provide some good things, not as good as out in nature in the wild, right? But uh, <clears throat> but she even suggests two hours for the kids to be outside, two to three hours every single day. And I was like, wow, are my kids out there that long every single day? Am I out that long? I Wow, that's a lot. So that's a good goal to, to work towards, I think, with our children. Um, but yeah, she's got some great ideas. So if you weren't able to read it, I think that would be a good thing. Oh, also, I wanted Tanya um, has just started a forest school, right? And yeah. I'd love to hear a little bit about that and how you got into that. So um, 
I'm not really doing a forest school because I'm just doing it with my own kids because I'm an introvert. And so thinking of dealing with other people just overwhelms me. And, and I want my kids to play with friends, but for it to work for me, I just have to take responsibility for, for me getting out there with my own kids. That's all I can handle. But Ana Maria kind of inspired me a lot because she's always getting her kids out into nature. And so it's been on my mind. And then I learned about this forest school where it started in Europe and they just, the whole school all day, every day, all kinds of weather is completely outside. It's mainly for kindergarten and preschool ages, but they also do some with all ages. And um, so their motto is there's no bad weather, there's just bad clothes. And as long as your kids are dressed and, and, and prepared, you can go out in any weather. And I started doing it um, a month or two before the pandemic started. And it was still cold, but I just bundled my kids up, up and we went out there and we would just play. And we tried to go every day and really stay out there for two or three hours. And I found out that that time passes so fast in nature. It doesn't feel like a long time. And by taking my kids away from our house, there was never a fight about it. In fact, my kids loved it so much, they would beg me, please, please, it's time for forest school, let's go. When can we go to the forest again? I want to go to the forest. That's what I hear almost every day. They love it. And um, it helps because I bring treats for them while we're there. And so we always have a little snack that we don't normally have at home. Like I'm, I'm super healthy. So like gummy bears and chips, you know, that I don't normally feed them. But, and it's not great. It would probably be better if I gave them healthy stuff. But I want them to have some. <laughs> <laughs> baby steps right <laughs> one thing at a time <laughs> well that sounds so awesome I think that's great every single day that is a great great thing to do oh, every day is the goal we don't always make it every day but I miss it when we don't go what kind of shift have you did you notice a shift in you or in your children as once you started to develop some kind of a habit of going have, my, what would you say has changed? Well, my kids knew from the beginning, and I kind of spelled it out. Here's the rules. You have to stay where I can see you, and I can hear you, and you can see me and hear me. And and so we set some boundaries. But other than that, I told them, you're here to play. It's okay if you get muddy. It's okay if you, you know, you're kind of free. I'll, I'll warn you if you're going somewhere that's not safe. But otherwise, I'll pretty much follow you and you guys can just play and they loved that and so sometimes during the pandemic my husband would come with us sometimes and he would start to freak out like oh, they're not safe oh no they're doing this and I would just be like calm down they can handle this and they would tell him no dad mom says up here we can we can play all we want so that was a shift for them like they felt empowered I think and they felt so much more confident in their abilities and they developed a lot of in a lot of ways like my four-year-old we were just there a day or two ago and he was he was climbing up we, we go to the same place every time so they get really familiar with the same surrounding and they feel like it's theirs they feel kind of a not an ownership but they feel like they belong there because they know it so well and um so they there's a stream and then there's this place where kind of a cliff it's not a very big cliff and it's dirt but it's pretty steep. And my little four-year-old was just scaling right up it. And it was, it was scaring me. I was like, 
you're going to fall. But he was totally confident. And then they go jumping from rock to rock. And I'm like timidly trying to cross the stream, you know, and my kids are like, boing, 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 boing. <laughs> so <laughs> That's awesome. yeah. I don't know. Really cool. I remember when I got to go with you once on one of your forest adventures and it was just so neat to see our boys kneel down together and look at their rocks. And then they would bring a rock to us or something and they would say, what is this? And they would ask questions and it got them curious and they wanted to learn. And it was just so fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I tried. Sorry. I didn't hear what you said. I said, nature is a great teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And we do little songs and stuff. We have some routines. And so it makes it just, it's seriously has given us sanity through the pandemic. I don't think I would have maintained my sanity nearly as well without just being in the forest every day. It was like pushing reset on all of us. We'd be stressed out, you know, all the uncertainty and my kids are feeling it and they can't play with friends and, you know, all that stuff. And we would just go to the forest and it was just, Whoosh, everything's okay. That's amazing. So I'm getting a sense of, I'm getting a sense of unity, the sense of unity, because for me, there's a lot of differences between me and my husband. We have different religious views, different political views, like, and with all this coronavirus stuff, there's so many opportunities in families to like divide or distance themselves or, and the thought came to me and has been kept, has kept coming to me that take your family into nature, like go there together. It will be a way to bond, to unify and to like bring you guys closer together and help your children feel that unity because it's all something you're going to share together. So that was a cool, that's cool. I have. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely brought my kids closer to each other. They, they watch out for each other when they're out there and they mostly stick together and they, it's, they don't fight when they're there at home. They will fight a lot more when they're in nature. Hardly at all. All right. <laughs> Note to self, when my kids are fighting, take them out to nature. Yes. I'm going to put that <laughs> in my back pocket and remember that. Yes. And, and they are so much stronger too. We went on a hike. So I've been trying to do more hikes with my kids recently. And we went up and climbed to a big letter on the mountain. Um, and my, my, uh, boy was like I really want to go climb to this letter mom please let's go climb to it and I'm like I don't know it's really hot today and it's 11 o'clock by the time we got there it's like 10 30 11 and I'm like I don't know it's gonna be really hot and it's a really steep hike and there's hardly any shade they're like mom we can do it we can do it come on it's like all right well let's try it you know and my I left the baby at home my toddler at home with my husband and the three the four of us hiked up and it was it was steep and there were rocks and there were times that I was like ooh it's kind of scary down there you know but they did it they did awesome and I was really impressed that they didn't they didn't whine or complain there were a couple times where I had to hold my littlest one's hand because we got we got up steep and then we had to come back down and it was a little scary but I was like wow you guys did awesome you like you were total troopers and so like, okay, we got to keep doing this, keep the momentum of going out in nature and like trying hard things. And I love hikes that have a great destination, like a waterfall or something. 
um, because that's motivating, right? Then they can play up there. So Mm -hmm. that's so cool. It gives children an opportunity to create a goal and reach that goal. Mm -hmm. And in a, in one in sitting and just like you were saying, Tanya, I, I can't imagine why that wouldn't build so much confidence. I actually, when I was a girl, um, I was with a there was a convention, a campvention. So I was with a large group of people um, camping, and me and a bunch of kids decided to go climb a mountain. <laughs> and so we were all. I think I was like eight years old or something. We're all climbing this mountain and. It was more like a, you know, hill-like to begin with, but a pretty steep hill. And then it turned into kind of a rocky, super steep, rocky mountain. And then our goal was to get to the top where it kind of gets a little cliff-like because we really wanted to challenge ourselves. And while we were climbing up right just a little bit after we got to the rocky part and there were, you know, pebbles and rocks kind of tumbling down the mountain because of the steepness of it, we heard our little ants and heard and saw our little ant sized parents at the bottom of the mountain trying to holler for us to come down to eat. And we're like, Oh man, you know, we're so close to the top and look at, we've worked so hard. And so we finally all turned around, but it was so slippery from all the, the just these big rocks and boulders sliding down that we all decided to sit on our backside and just kind of scoot a little bit down this certain, there's a kind of like a, or, I don't know what to call it, but it was just like a steep slope that then opened up into the mountain that wasn't so steep. And so we were all just on our backside sliding Uh and a kid behind me hit a rock with his foot, a big boulder sized rock. And it hit into my back, knocked the wind out of me. And I started tumbling down the mountain Uh and I, I got probably about halfway down and where the mountain wasn't so steep. And I just, suddenly stopped um and I got up brushed myself off not a single cut I'm, I may have had a few bruises but I just remember looking at myself and I was like you know flying in the air wind knocked out of me couldn't even scream help because I was just bouncing down this mountain like as and but I never stopped wanting to climb a mountain in fact I just became more obsessed with climbing and more excited about reaching that goal and so I think for me, it's important to remember that childhood perspective because all I see as a parent is, oh my goodness, look at my what happened to my child and look at how they were injured and no, you should never try to climb a mountain that steep. You should never do that. But it taught me just, it taught me my own resilience, my own strength, my own boundaries. And I then knew to watch out if there were slippery rocks like that. I then knew better what to do, not to be too close to people, not to be in front of someone's foot, to maybe be beside them instead. And so I just, it's so character building to, to just be out in nature and allow ourselves to test the limits. And I think, um, when I was reading it, I started feeling like, oh, man, you know, I don't have enough stuff. or I have this tiny little backyard, and I'm th- I can't get my kids out of the house all the time. And um, and the other day, um, I, I do school year-round, and we, my kids were supposed to be doing their morning things, and we were about to start school, and I hear them playing and laughing outside. 
And my first instinct was like, what are they doing? We're not supposed to be outside yet. That is their privilege they get after they're done with the, their things. And I looked out my bedroom window and they had the sprinklers on and all of them were in their swimming suits. This was morning time. They're all in their swimming suits and they're running around spraying themselves with the hose. And I was like, okay, this is, it was a reminder to me that sometimes I just need to let my agenda go and allow my kids to, to really do what is natural for them and enjoy that. And they spent the day outside loving it. And eventually we pulled them in and we had school at evening time that day and it was great. And I, I didn't regret it. So I feel like um, something that I have to remind myself is there are opportunities for the kids to challenge themselves and explore and get creative, even in the smallest spaces. And so yeah and along with that I just feel like nature is such a giver it's a giving force and um little by little it will not only strengthen our children and our bodies with physical resilience but also with mental social and emotional resilience that we'll need to carry into our daily lives as we grow and yeah I'm just grateful that our creator gave us this gift. Yeah. Um, I wanted to add, like, she has a whole chapter in the book on babies and nature, which I thought was really interesting because, yeah, I was one of those moms who had my babies in a lot of devices and things. But I did learn through trial and error that when my ki my babies were cranky and there was nothing I could do to calm them down that I when I took them outside suddenly they were they would calm down and you know it's like what how did they know that they needed nature you know but yeah they'd start looking around and just and and it's interesting she talks about the how the colors of nature are just very soothing Versus like the man-made colors that we ha may have in our homes or at playgrounds or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, well, so. I just want to put a word in there. So a lot of the stuff that was shared in this book made me think a lot of Montessori. Um, yes, yeah, same here. And Reggio Emilia. I don't know if anyone's heard of those. They're three educational philosophies. And all of them. Again, Montessori. Montessori, Waldorf, and Reggio Emilia. I'm, I might be saying that last one a little wrong, but um, they all, all three of them really feel strongly about this, the, the importance of nature and um, bringing in objects of nature and replacing them with things like plastic and um, bright, overstimulating colors because they recognize how, how soothing and calming nature is and it actually helps facilitate concentration. It helps facilitate creativity, all the things we've been talking about. It's just really cool to hear, to be reading this book and then know of all these other educators who have studied and um, uh, not just studied, but Maria Montessori, who I'm more familiar with, actually observed children. And her her goal was to help them to, um, to normalize, which essentially it is to allow them to get to their natural state again. Because we live in a society that has so many rules and agendas and um, kind of labels and things that we push on children. And she, she, she observed them until she was able to 
understand how they naturally learned. And um, she, she did say, I remember reading her saying that uh, if a child could be with nature, that would be, you know, one of the best, the, the best way for them to be educated. But she also provided. So for me, I love Montessori because when they, when I'm not up to going outside, I can try to bring nature into my home. I can bring those open-ended objects in my home. Um, I can provide materials for my children that are more natural and that help them to be calm and concentrate and also stimulate their mind and creativity in a way that's more natural for them. So I just had to put that plug in. <laughs> yeah, I love the Montessori method as well. So, and actually that was one thing that I thought I loved how she said, make recess longer and have the kids be out there for longer um, so that when they come in, they are all tired out and they can focus better and also in the classroom bring nature in and also maybe have more um interaction or, or autonomy even in the classroom or if you're or if you're homeschooling at home allow them to to do projects rather than worksheets or whatever like let them be a little bit more um self-directed um in their in their schooling and in their education so i thought she had some really great things to say about um education and, and bringing it into the classroom. So I thought that was great. So, but did anybody else have any thoughts about uh, sending our kids out to nature and letting them be more free and to take risks? Just that, um, I think it always comes back to self-love and compassion whenever we have a topic we're discussing that can potentially trigger some things in people because look, I love nature, but my kids love technology just as much as I love nature. So there's this constant battle going on. Like when can I do tablet time? And so, yes, I came across as this nature tree hugger, which I am, but at the same time, I'm learning to balance with, okay, you guys can have tablet time and these are the boundaries for that. And I think if we have any listeners feeling like, Oh, I'm horrible at this, getting my kids out in nature. Um, don't tell yourself those negative things. Just begin with a step, just one small step. Like, okay, I've learned something and I'm going to apply just this one small thing. We're going to go out for 15 minutes, whatever it takes. And then little by little, you can grow and maybe recognize some benefits coming in from exploring the forest or a stream or just the park even so your backyard yeah give yourself the compassion you need so that you can feel confident in going one step further yeah and everyone's balance with nature every family's every child will need to look different because everyone's circumstances are different right so don't compare yourself to how someone else does things compare yourself to what you know you need inside and and then yeah like Anna Marie said just those baby steps and it's worth it it's so worth it I think that was the thing reading this book it was a little repetitive um uh, just because there are so many benefits to going out in nature that she was like you know and it has this benefit and going out into nature has this benefit and this benefit and this benefit and that you know and it was like wow look at all these wonderful things that come you know emotionally 
and physically and socially, socially, spiritually, right? All of those things are, you know, kids are helped so much and even adults, I feel like. Um, and so the benefits are worth it. Even if you don't know exactly what those benefits are, they are there and it's worth it to, to make the effort to try to do a little bit better than you did yesterday. And I think, you know, those baby steps moving forward to try and, you know, connect with nature and with each other and, uh, and get out. So yeah, my husband, even if it's, oh. <laughs> I was just gonna say, even if it's walking through the grass barefoot, exactly the title of the book, you know, find a piece of grass to walk through barefoot and that'll give you a sense of nature by itself. Mm -hmm. I was yep. just going to say that my husband, he always says that nature is his church. Uh -huh. um, to him, a mountain, climbing a mountain and being there in the peace and quiet is is more sacred to him than being in a church building. That's that's where he feels connected to God and connected to his higher self. And I know for me, um, it's very tempting to stay put. I, I've struggled with depression and it can creep back in. Um, and I've found that Forcing myself to get out in nature, even when I just want to shut myself inside, has really helped um, helped me to heal from my depression, and and it's given me a uh, balance that I I really need. And and when I start spiraling a little bit, I ask myself like, when was the last time I got outside? When was the last time I left home? You know, and there's a, there's other things that play into it, but that's definitely something that I I consider because I now understand how much it affects me and. I mean, if you want to, if, just like Janessa was saying, she talks about all the benefits of, of being out in nature. So if you want to learn more about how nature is beneficial, um, hopefully you have read this book or will pick it up and, and read it or maybe read some other um, literature that, um, that you feel dr driven to read that discusses the same things. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. This was such an awesome discussion. I love talking about this and, and about how we can help our children. And the great thing about, you know, sending our kids to nature is that, you know, we don't have to plan anything. All you have to do is get in the car or get, you know, walk to some outside place, get out there, enjoy it and let your kids free and let them play and roam. And, uh, you know, that's kind of nice not to have to plan it. Right. And so, yeah, so hopefully this has been uplifting and enlightening um, and inspiring to help inspire you to, to uh, get out with your families more. And uh, thanks for joining us this evening. Um, again, we're here at Mother Heart. You can join us on our Facebook group. Um, we've got Instagram and our Facebook page. And um, we'd love to hear more about what you have to say about taking your kids out. And uh, if you have any challenges or success stories, we'd love to hear it. Thank you so much for joining our Mother Heart Circle. Please send us your thoughts, inspiration, experiences, and stories. Your voice is important. Your wisdom and your hearts are needed. We believe in you, we love you, and thank you for being you.